So check this out. Let me ask y'all fellas before we even get started. Like when we think about media personalities in sports, Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, are y'all surprised that their popularity has grown on their own platform outside of the major platforms that they've been known to be off of? It's like it seemed like the popularity of Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp has went above ESPN and, and, and Fox because of their own personal platforms. Are y'all surprised at that? I'm not really surprised with Shannon Sharp since he was a former athlete. Uh, Stephen A. Smith has been able to build what he's been doing now because I think he's just been doing it for such a long time. And plus with Stephen A., he's at very he doesn't really care what he says, honestly. And his opinions, I think, have really made him more popular, I would say. Um, but I'm not really surprised with Shannon Sharp just because he's a former athlete and people have known about him. But with Stephen A., I just think it's he's been doing it for such a long time. And he's unique on the way he does things. And he kind of created a, I feel like he kind of created something um, for sure for the, since the last few years, honestly. Like, as I was thinking, like, yo, people going to get tired of hearing Stephen A. Smith. Not that people are so locked into what he always saying on ESPN first take for two, three hours. You already listening to that. I'm like, well, what will people get tired of hearing Stephen A. on YouTube on his own platform? But it just seemed to be total opposite. When you look at the numbers, when you look at the topics and, and really how he delivering his message is definitely different than what he's doing on ESPN. What about you, Hank, bro? Are you surprised at the uh, the popularity growth of these guys with their own platforms? No, um, I've liked Stephen A. Smith since he first came out on television. It's the personalities I think that people like about him. Then they gain the respect of the people over time and the, the work that they do. Uh, Shannon Sharp, you know, he has, he's a character too. So um, their platforms, they're talking differently than what they do on the big networks, four, four letter, three letter networks. And I also think that those networks are helping them in some way um, with their promotion of their shows. So it helps them grow a little bit as well. Word, word. And, you know, Stephen A has earned, he's earned the right to have his own platform and do what he do the way he want, you know, to do it. And it seems to be working and you, I, I'm definitely willing to bet that the company is behind him. When you talk about the support system that Hank just brought up, uh, Club Shay Shay, we see the numbers that the Cat Williams interview just did. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure more popular people are going to want to lock in with Shannon Sharp because of the uh, potential of his platform. It's, it's huge. I thought this impact was going to be for the players that like came out with their own podcast, like the Draymond Greens and all that. I thought this was the momentum that they were going to be getting from social media, but I don't know. Stephen A and and guys like Shannon Sharp, they found their way. Now Skip Bayless has tried it. I don't really see the same for Skip, but you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, the uh, with Shannon and like I say, Stephen A, their personalities sell the show. Uh, Skip Bayless, like he needs somebody on the show with him to make it lively. Otherwise, you, you, he has his own podcast too, but it's kind of dry compared to when he does Undisputed. Yep. But um, yeah, Stephen A and you know Shannon, they're they're a mess. <laughs> well, we are in the building, man. We about to get things rocking and rolling. Episode one eighty six. Let's start the intro, gang.
Yes, sir. Good afternoon, NBA community. I'm back. My God, yes, I'm doubling it up, man. I'm, I'm straight out of the out of where I, I need to be. I'm back home, and we are rocking and rolling. This is the Best of Seven Sports Talk, episode 186. Seven Mitchell in the building, man. Y'all see, I got some prime time analysts with me this afternoon from Sports Game Vision. Y'all will already know we got Hank in the building and back on the platform, our brother J.J. Peters from Sports Town Network. Hank, J.J., welcome back to the show, fellas. Hello. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Can't wait. Yeah. Man, oh my, this is definitely going to be a classic one. I've been waiting. It's been a couple weeks, JJ. I've been, like I said, man, it's been my fault, but I appreciate you being able to lock in with me. And we're going to do a classic one this afternoon. That one, I promise you. Can't wait to get started. I'm excited. Thanks again for having me on the show. I'm glad you're better. And uh, you. get started. Oh, yeah, man. My God, I got to talk to the boss. Did you watch that Lakers game, Hank, last night? Jesus Christ, I didn't even want to go there. This wasn't even on my menu, but did you see the Lakers last night? Yeah, chalking it up again. You know what, bro? I'm going to keep it real. And we can say what we want to say about Darvin Ham. I'm not so sure that Darvin is the is the real culprit here, man. I don't, I'm not sure if Rob Palenka is getting a pass that I don't think he really honestly deserves. When you look at the actual production of what's out there on that basketball court and the lack of effort, I, Rob Palenka might be the actual guy that might be at fault here. Last night was just nasty work, disgusting, got blown out by the Brooklyn Nets. JJ, did you catch the game or, or any highlights of the Lakers loss last night to Brooklyn? I did watch the game, and they looked good in the first half, but that second half, whew, that was rough. Oh, my God, man. LeBron getting technical fouls. It, 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 it was just bad, man. The, the explosiveness of Brooklyn in that third quarter, the second to the third quarter, Cam Thomas, like the way they just played, it was just unbelievable, bro. And the three-point shot was really big for Brooklyn. Um Hank, what's, what, what what needs to happen, bro, for the Lakers to turn this thing around before it is completely over? Because I'm from the mindset that, look, this season might be kind of done for L.A. What needs to be changed, bro, that you can see? It's going to be up to Rob Palenka and LeGM. You know that. Um, it's hard to say because they were kind of in a similar spot last year. Remember, I don't know if you've seen the graph. They got pretty much the same record. Around the same time frame as last year, mm. they went on a um, went on a run, uh, obviously to make to the uh, Western Conference Finals. But they need consistency right now, or they're gonna have to take some of these small pieces and try to get a better piece to help solidify the bench and the start lineup, so they can make a um, another push. But here's the thing: last year it was very identifiable that Russell Westbrook may have been the issue. You get rid of that problem, we you should be going into a different direction. Right now, you don't know where to begin. <laughs> Outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, you do not know where to begin as far as the problems with the Lakers. Yeah, I, I agree. What, what do you think, JJ? I think what the Lakers need, and they definitely need to make a trade before the deadline, but they got to get a shooter or something because I think that's been kind of the problem for a while. Sorry, my camera's off. Oh, again. no, you good, bro. You good. Now, when you say shooter – 
are we talking role players or are we talking a superstar shooter? Because I'm from the element of they, they need star power. They don't need just people that can put the ball into the hoop. They're going to need some star power to go along with LeBron and AD. So when you say shooter, JJ, define that for me. Well, I think it'd be nice to, for them to get a superstar. I just don't know if they're going to be able to necessarily be able to make that happen just because outside of Davis and LeBron, who could you really trade? I mean, would you want to trade D'Angelo Russell? Uh, would you want to, you definitely probably don't want to trade. I mean, you could trade Prince. I don't know if you'd want to trade Vanderbilt or someone like that. You definitely probably want to keep Reeves if you can, but I don't know if they have enough assets to be able to pull off a trade for a superstar who can shoot. I just think they need maybe a few role players that can shoot from beyond the three. I mean, that might be what they just need to do if if they can make that trade. I just don't know if they have the assets to pull off a trade for another superstar. All right. The um, I know. I think we talked about it last night. The Bruce Brown is on the market pretty soon. He can he can shoot at least probably a little bit better than some of the guys on there. Uh, maybe you get him in a buyout market. Um, and who else was available? Uh, Smith from um Brooklyn, right? Dorian Finney, Finney Smith. There's a but few this guys. Is my, this is my thing, Hank. I think we talked about this last night on your show. For those types of guys that you're naming. This team needs to have a decent foundation because those guys are not going to change life for any team. If they if they do their job, it may work, but they're not going to change any narratives and stuff like that. And the Lakers don't have a foundation together. So at the least, you need guys like Zach Levine. You need guys with a name, guys with star quality, and even him might not be the right fit. You know, this is why I keep campaigning for guys like, Kevin Durant, like they need something like that. For, no one else is is should be untouchable when we talk about um the Lakers. I don't care about no D'Lo and Austin Reeves and Rui. It's not going to work. Period. It's just not going to work right now. So I'm willing to get rid of everybody if we could get somebody else and and then just build around that, even with league minimums. That's where I'm at with it. But I don't know. This is not an easy fix for the Lakers, and um. It's just too many mistakes, bro. But I, I'm just tired of seeing people really, in myself included, putting Darvin Ham on a hot seat because he does make a lot of mistakes. But you look at the lack of effort and how these guys just played in the second half to Brooklyn. This is this is the makeup of these players. They're not who we thought they were. And these are the guys that Rob Palenka put together. Rob Palenka's behind the scenes and no one gives him any blame. People just pretty much gives him all the credit. I think he might be the guy we need to be focusing on, and he needs to might step this up because this roster, bro, it's disgusting. Continuously playing down to the level of competition. I don't know what's up with the Lakers, but y'all let us know what y'all think is going to be the easiest or the best fit for the Los Angeles Lakers. Hood TMZ podcast says send Austin Reeves and D'Lo and draft picks for Zach. Like I say, I'm not feeling like any of those guys are untouchable. But I just don't think that Zach is the – I don't know if Zach is the answer with LeBron and with AD because this is not 2K. You know what I'm saying? And I like I like Zach's potential. But can you – he has to prove it. What, what, what I'm asking of him, he has to prove it. And, and I know Hank going to tell me you got to give him an opportunity. But you know, with me, with this whole LeBron James thing, that window is so small. We don't have forever for guys to 
you know, try to get it right. That's why I'd be so, you know, tough on Darvin Ham. I told you what Reynolds will go get. You you don't like him. Who? Donovan Mitchell. You like that, JJ? Donovan Mitchell with LeBron and AD to win right now. That might work, but I don't know if I don't know if Donovan Mitchell would, would want to be traded again. He was just traded to Cleveland. And I think he'd kind of want to be the guy as of now. I don't know if he'd want to be what the third guy on a on the Lakers. Um I just I don't know if it would probably work for the Lakers, but I don't know if I don't know if Mitchell would want to do something like that. But he's not going to be able to stay in Cleveland, right? Like chances are that's 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 pretty much a done deal, right? Yeah, that's why I'm saying that because he's um he can walk for nothing. So Cleveland's got to do something to get some pieces back for him. I mean, I don't think Cleveland's going to be winning, but I mean, they have played better as of late, and they do have a pretty young team. I think what they're the number three or number four seed. Yeah. Um, and they didn't do much last year when they were even 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 though I thought they'd go a little deeper, but I just don't know if Mitchell would want to go to the Lakers. And then what happens if they don't win? Then he leaves. I just I don't know if that'd be a good fit for Mitchell. LeBron needs to be the third option for what? Wait a minute, man. I, I, wait a minute. I, I, and, and let me try to figure that out. I'm going to be real. Hypothetically, the LeBron should be. But I don't think that would never happen, especially as far as a recipe for success. Having LeBron as your third best player. I, that's realistic to you, uh, Hank, with the Lakers. I don't think LeBron's going to let that happen. <laughs> yeah, I... I, 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 I <laughs> Even if they brought over Donovan Mitchell, hypothetically, who's the third option? It would probably have to be Mitchell, right? I mean, Davis, I guess, could go down to the number three, but I think it would be Mitchell, honestly. I don't know. I'm not I think Mitchell's Donovan really Mitchell good at AD. I'm not putting think, him over AD. No. I think you AD would? wouldn't mind it. I think AD will probably slide down there and take pressure off of him. Well, see, then that is a, there's our problem. If you believe that, and if that is true, then that's our problem because we already know Anthony Davis ain't the number one. We already exposed him on that. So if you're telling me that he would be willing to do what you're saying, then I don't want him on my team no more. I'm not even going to, especially in the last days of LeBron's career. I don't like that at all. Hmm. Yeah, honestly. And I think with, and even at times Davis has tried to be the number one guy, but the inconsistency was kind of his problem by being the number one. But I don't know if he'd want to go down to number three. And LeBron would definitely either want to be one. I don't think he'd want to go down to number two. And plus, I don't know. I think Mitchell wouldn't mind being the number three, but it just doesn't. Mitchell has always been kind of the number one or number two guy his entire career. So I don't know if he'd want to drop down to number three. It just. I just what the hell has Donovan Mitchell done to want being above LeBron and, and AD and on a totem pole? I don't understand it. I, I get he's younger. He got a lot of upside to his career. But when we talk about what's on paper, his career don't match up for him to be the, uh, the A side to that in any equation. He's not better than LeBron or AD and his accolades don't read it. I don't know why. Hank, you're the one that's so high on Donovan Mitchell. Tell him he to work. Uh, look what, what he did in seen? Utah. What did he do in Utah? He got him to the playoffs his rookie year. They went to the playoffs every single year. They couldn't get over the hump. Obviously, it's a tough conference, but um, 
he put up great performances in the playoffs. He did not not show up. I think with a guy like that on your side with LeBron and AD, like I told you, to be like having K-Love, LeBron, and Kyrie. Let's go to some NBA news real quick. I saw Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. feels like Anthony Edwards is going to win a championship one day in Minnesota. Let's hear what Stephen A. had to say about Anthony Edwards real quick. Minnesota Timberwolves, if you know anything about me, I can't stand the cold. I don't want to go to Minnesota. I want to go to Chicago in Winston. I don't want to go to Minnesota. I want to go to Idaho. I don't want to go to Iowa. I don't want to go to any place. I, I want California. I want Florida. And when I say California, I mean Southern California, not Northern California. Southern California. I want to go to Florida. Okay? I want to go where it's warm. I want to go to islands. I despise the cold. I'll make an exception for Anthony Edwards. This brother. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be premature with this. I think this brother going to win an NBA championship one day mm. in Minnesota. Mm. I think he's going to bring a championship to that, to that team. When I watch his athleticism, I think Vince Carter, I think Kobe, I think MJ as in Michael Jordan. Think- wow. Wait a minute. Hold on. Did y'all hear what he just said? <laughs> Stephen A. Smith sees Anthony Edwards winning a championship in the city of Minnesota or the state of Minnesota. If I, 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 yeah, I, man, Minnesota is a state, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me play in Minneapolis. I but, think so. But he says he sees Kobe. He sees MJ. Like, did you heard it? What, what's your reaction with the Stephen A. Smith saying about Anthony Edwards? Is this real, y'all? I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't think Denver would ever win, and they won last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota eventually did win with Anthony Edwards. But I think it's going to take them another year or two, just because they haven't really. I think they what, they made the playoffs two years ago, but yep. I just don't know if they can. I think it's going to be a few more years because I think they need to have more playoff experience for them to go all the way. So I could see maybe within two to three years, but I don't think right now. I think they're still a little too young and don't have enough experience yet. I'm not sold that Minnesota is the best team in the Western Conference, number one. I think that's part of the problem, y'all, is that because their record on paper has been so good, they've been at the top of the food chain in the West for the most part as far as standing go. Like, we're putting them in a position that I don't think they really are. I don't think they did it. those are their guys. And I don't know why Stephen A. Stephen A. knows his basketball. So I'm not trying to front on Stephen A. Smith. But you see championship for A.E. in Minnesota, Hank? It's possible. It's possible, like like uh, JJ just said, what was it? Um, Denver and then Toronto. Remember Toronto won. Who who thought that would happen? Um, it would be great. I like to see small market teams win. I was kind of rooting for Dame to get his in Portland. Um, Anthony Edwards. They've been comparing him to MJ for a while. And if you look at the footwork and stuff, it's kind of similar. His mid range game is pretty good, and his athleticism is uh, you know great. Um, it's all about the team. It's going to be their first year really being a number one team. So it's going to take some growing pain so they can keep it up and he steps his game up even more. It's a great chance they win one in in Minnesota. Now, Dwight Howard had some comments about Shaquille O'Neal getting his jersey retired in Orlando. Dwight said if Shaquille gets his jersey retired, then he deserves to get his along with guys like Tracy McGrady and Anthony Hardaway. Did you see uh, that? Hank, and do you agree with Dwight Howard? 
Yeah, I wish he just kind of would have congratulated Shaq. Shaq definitely deserved his uh, retired. He was the first superstar there, and he took him to the championship. He did the same thing that Dwight did. They both lost in the finals. Um, but, yeah, Dwight absolutely deserves his retired as well. He's got to retire first, though. He's not retired. Shaq's been in the Hall of Fame. He's been retired over five years. And, um, you know, Dwight will probably be next. And then after that, I would say you can look at Penny and T-Mac. Hmm. Who had the I was uh, I was a bit surprised that Shaq got his jersey retired just because he only played there four years. Um, he did lead them to a championship, but really? so did Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. And Dwight Howard won a game in the finals. I think Shaq got swept. So and then you also have to factor in Dwight Howard won, what, three defensive player of the year awards. Not mm-hmm. the biggest fan of Dwight Howard, but I think once he retires, since Shaq got his jersey retired, I think Dwight Howard should get his jersey retired as well. Wait a minute. I'm not going to let you get away with that, JJ. First of all, it sounds like to me that you're saying Dwight Howard had a better career in Orlando than Shaq did. Is that what you're saying, number one? Well, he did play longer. Um, I think because since he played longer, he had a little bit of a career in Orlando. But what Shaq did was incredible in Orlando. But, I mean, what, Dwight Howard played there, what, seven? Seven seasons, I believe. He won, won, but I think it was three defensive player of the awards. I just think because he's played a little longer, I could say I could think he had a little better of a career in Orlando than Shaq did. Shaquille O'Neal knocked out Michael Jordan. Y'all forgot? <laughs> I remember that. Y'all forgot? Shaquille O'Neal and the Orlando Magic knocked out Michael Jordan in the Chicago Bulls. Something we don't see happen. Dwight didn't do that in Orlando. He did knock out LeBron in Cleveland. I'm about to say. And a 66 win. Wasn't it a 66 win Cleveland team? 60, 63 or 66. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they were up there. They were up there, you know. Um, but no, man, y'all. So hold up, Hank. Who had the better career in Orlando? Dwight did. He did. He played longer. That's the only reason. If Shaq would have played the same amount of years, we'd have, we'd have more of a conversation on it. But Shaq Dwight didn't like have said, to play the same amount player. of years. Do you know? You forgot about Blue Chips. Yeah, I, I know I y'all know. seen the movie. That's Blue my Chips. guy. Shaq's my that, guy. That impact that Shaq had on the city of Orlando. Y'all yeah, compare that to Dwight Howard. That's why his jersey's getting retired. I just, that's, that's what I'm saying. The impact he did in those four years, and remember, around that time, Orlando was really a fairly new franchise. Um, maybe 10 years in or so into the league, and they got to the finals. So, you know, his impact was very great while he was there. Bro, it is unbelievable for, to me that y'all are trying to tell me and the American public that Dwight Howard had a better career in Orlando than Shaq. I, what bro chris weber penny harder like all of that breaking backboards all of that culture is because of shaquille o'neal dwight howard was what slam dunk contest the d-o-d-o-i's no mvps Made the finals one time and got embarrassed pretty much by Kobe, right? It was a crybaby in Orlando. Clap, so. Didn't he alienate the head coach and Stan Van Gundy was a crybaby, right? Am I lying on Dwight? 
I think I think that's what would happen. Yeah, that's right. And Shaquille O'Neal did, did, was Shaquille O'Neal like that? No, Shaquille just wanted to get paid. Shaq, Shaq got jealous of Penny at the end, though, and that's why he left. Well, he better than Penny. Yeah, but he he ruined his 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 first Kobe moment. That's why he when he went to the um, to the Heat, he changed up a little bit. He still had to be talked into it, but he realized what he did with Penny and Kobe was wrong. And that's why he gave D Wade the the the, um, the nod. Adonis Haslam got his jersey retired. He said he's inviting Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce on his podcast to hash things out. Would that be something y'all would like to see for a show? What you think, JJ? I think it would be fire. I think it would be too, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's as much hate as the Adonis. hatred that Boston and Miami had. Well, I don't think they would be like going back and forth, but I do yeah. think that at the end of the day, as far as the stories, I think the stories would, would probably be bananas. I would give them that 100%. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely competitive um, rivalry during that time. What do you think about you doing this has in career overall? Hall of Famer? I... I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he was definitely great for what Miami had at the time. He won how many? Did he win three championships? Did he win the first time with Miami? Mm-hmm. In 06, yeah. Because yeah. I know he was part of their two teams in 12 and 13 when they won it. So great great career in Miami. I just don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but great run, though. Is his, is his Miami career greater than LeBron's, Hank? No. <laughs> Longevity, yes. Oh <laughs> we get the longevity argument. Oh yeah, definitely. Come on, but yeah. you know, Udonis could have did the same thing twice in Miami. It wouldn't have equaled up to Le- what LeBron brought to Miami. Why you keep disrespecting LeBron? I thought that was your guy, yo. You got to give love to the other guy too. I'm not disrespecting Bron. Bron, we know he was the best player there, but longevity, absolutely, because he stayed longer. All right. He got his number retired. He's a great Heat um, role model for the young guys. He sacrificed. Could have went somewhere and got more money, but he stayed there and got the chips. All right, boys and girls, this is the Best of Seven Sports Talk, episode 186. We are in the building. Make sure y'all smash that like button. If y'all are new to this platform, hit that subscribe button and also become a member. Get exclusive content here on the platform. We definitely appreciate all the support around the nba community man first topic up for debate this afternoon on the show harder to guard i want to talk about and debate some of the most unstoppable offensive players in the nba who's more unguardable in your eyes we'll start off with this one hank Giannis or anthony davis who's more unguardable I would say it would have to be Anthony Davis because he has more in his repertoire. Okay. Okay. JJ, who's more unguardable in the NBA? Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid? I would say right now, Jokic. 
um, what Jokic has done the last few years. I know Embiid won the MVP, and Embiid is still very good. And at times he can be unstoppable, but Jokic just has so many different things he can do. And it's just, I'm going to lean a little more toward Jokic than Embiid. What about these two? Who would you say is the most unguardable? John Morant or Kyrie Irving? JJ, I'm going to go right back to you. Kyrie or Ja? Well, I think if you have a healthy Ja Morant, I understand Kyrie can do a little more than Ja. But when Ja is playing well, it's almost impossible to stop him. I know he doesn't have as many. He's not as good of a shooter as Kyrie is. But, man, Ja, he's special. And I think right now it would lean a little towards Morant than Irving. What about you, Hank, with that one? Because I'm going with Kyrie because I think Kyrie is a better finisher. Well, if going off of them right now, Ja, that first step in the bounce is crazy. It's hard to defend them. It's sort of like a another Iverson. Um, you know, of course, Kyrie's got more in the bag, but as far as staying in front of, he don't need as many dribbles to get past you. What about people are going to laugh at this one, but you know I'm never going to leave my guy out of any equation if I don't have to. LeBron James or Steph Curry, who's more unguardable right now? Right now? who? that's a tough question. It's LeBron. How tough is it, JJ? Come on, y'all. Y'all got to show my man the king some love tonight, man. Can't stop LeBron James in year 21. I need to know. I would probably say yes, LeBron at the moment. Um, And when he's healthy and when his team actually around him is playing well, it's very hard to stop LeBron. Curry is still up there, but yeah, I would probably go a little more toward LeBron than Curry. Where you at with that, Hank? You hate on the low? You said who? You hate it on the low. I said, where you at? I got I got to talk to the bosses about Hank, man. I swear. Nah. Um, Brian, I, I give it to Brian, but, you know, Steph is right up there. Right up there with him. But you I give it to LeBron? You give it to Brian. Last but not least, most unguardable player in the NBA. Who's more unguardable to you, Hank? Luca? Or Jason Tatum? Hmm. I might have to go with Luca on this one. Really? Yeah, he's got a lot of moves, and he's very clutch. JT don't? JT isn't? Yeah, I think Luca's a little bit more clutch than JT. I actually don't have Boston going to the finals this year. I, I know they look deep and everything. I don't, I don't see it. This is what... This is where I'll be feeling like I have to get like a new television because I don't understand how y'all define Luca having all this clutch gene and ain't went nowhere. But you have guys like Jason Tatum who has at least went to the final round. But he, he, I don't understand what are your what sample size do y'all be going off of when it comes to Luca to say he's so clutch? Where has he been? You know, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. If you think about it, Luca doesn't have the same type of team that Tatum has. And I mean, Luca was able to help, was able to lead the Mavs to the conference finals, what, two years ago? Beat Phoenix, which Johnson. was impressive. Um, I know Tatum has been to the finals, but he did blow out a 2 1 lead, or they had a huge lead going into that third quarter against Golden State and still lost the series. So I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree with you, Hank. I think Luca is just, he's probably going to, right now, I think he's the front runner for MVP, too. So. 
Yeah, like like you're saying, I was going to say, say make that same point is Boston's got a squad for years now. I mean, Steph Curry was even scared of them for a while. He thought they were going to be the team to run the East. Hmm. So Luca, his short uh, sample size, you know, has done a pretty good job with less. Who's the most overall unguardable person in the NBA? When you look at everybody, we look at all the stars being aligned. Who's the most unguardable? And I didn't even put Kawhi in this equation for the comparison, but, uh, you know, we can throw him. But who's the most unguardable player in the NBA right now? I think right now there's a few guys that come to mind. But, I mean, he just won the championship. I mean, Jokic is so good right now. I mean, Giannis is up there too, especially when he's driving. But he doesn't have – I'd still have to go Luka. He just won the championship. I'm going to stick with Luke. I know that's not the best. A lot of people aren't going to necessarily agree with me on that, but he just won the championship, so I'm going to have to stick with Luke, or stick with Jokic. Watching how Embiid did Joker, the last especially when they go head-to-head, that doesn't give you any cause to pause, JJ, when you talk about Nikola Jokic. Well, Embiid's good, too, and that was impressive what Embiid did, but... I'd still, at the moment, I would lean a little more towards Jokic. I got you. And Bede's still really good, though. I mean, he won the MVP last year, so. True. True. Might win it again if he can stay on the court. Who's the most unguardable, Hank? Well, I was going. He stole my thunder with Jokic. (laughs) Is Jokic again? But, you know, I'm going to give a different person. I'm going to go with Embiid for this year. Um, He stays on, like you say, he stays on the court and plays throughout. The whole playoffs, he might be able to get to the finals. It'd be his Shaq moment, Dwight Howard moment. Gotcha. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. Um, it could be 50 50, but who was more important to the Golden State Warriors dynasty, Clay Thompson or Draymond Green? Hank, let me start off with you. Out of those two guys, who was more important to wow. the dynasty of the Golden State Warriors? That's tough right there in that prime, too. Uh, that's that's a tough one because you got the Splash Brothers. You need the Splash Brothers. But at the same token, especially during that time frame, Draymond was very important because he brought defensive structure, pressure, and he does the, the ball screens for Stephen Clay, and he was the primary ball handler. So I would say Draymond probably was more important, but trying to replace Clay would be tough. Yeah, it's so hard in my eyes. It's like if you you can't duplicate what happened without those guys. So it's hard to mm-hmm. measure who was more important or more valuable. The thing that stands out to me about Draymond was the intangibles, things that we didn't see, like his locker room presence, the leadership. We wasn't really – Everybody wasn't really locked in on that because we were so amazed by this whole Splash Brother element or watching Steph Curry change the game as far as shooting the, game, the basketball. A lot of people really didn't take the uh, the impact of what Draymond was doing behind the scenes and how important that was um, to having everybody stand in line. And, I, and, I, and, I, and that's kind of where I feel like he has been maybe more slightly uh, important to this dynasty overall of Golden State than Klay Thompson has, respectfully. What about you, though, JJ? I'm going to have to agree with Hank. Draymond 
was more important. Um, the thing about Draymond, though, you got basically the best of both, or you got really good Draymond, and you would win because of Draymond, but you would probably lose because of Draymond. Because from 2015 until 2022, I think those three championships, if they didn't have Draymond, that would have been hard to redo that without him. But at the same time, in 2016, when he got suspended for that game, what game six, that's what happened with Cleveland. They came back, won the series or I think it was game five that he missed or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he was the one that created or helped create the dynasty, but he was also the one that took down the dynasty when he punched Jordan Poole and completely changed the the, the, the team. So I, I'm i going to have to say Draymond, but he was also, I think, the reason for the fall of the Warriors, especially what's happening this year too. And I think you you, you left out the, the, the biggest thing was Kevin Durant. Because when you look at it, I don't feel like Klay Thompson cost Golden State any championships. One could argue that Draymond, the way he alienated Kevin Durant, along with the situation with Jordan Poole and, and, and um, you know, there was even talks about Bob Myers wanted to, you know, part ways with Draymond and, and that not happening was a part of the reason why he wanted to kind of leave Golden State. Some will say Draymond could have potentially cost that organization maybe one or two more championships because of his behavior and things that got displayed and people just not, you know, wanting to play any there at that destination anymore. Um, But, yeah, I feel like Draymond just slightly was more important to that dynasty. But without Clay, could Golden State have won any championships without Clay? It, they were still deep, uh, deep team. You forgot about Iggy was on there. Livingston was on there. At the time you had Barnes. Uh, I forgot who was the other player they had on there. What's the center's name? Pachulia? Bogut. Andrew Bogut. 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 Um, maybe potentially you can get another shooter in there. It wouldn't be the Splash Brothers, but Draymond's IQ is high. He even talks about how him and LeBron were playing chess on the floor about changing up defensive matchups and everything on the floor. He's like another coach on the floor that Tom Izzo in him from Michigan State. So he's very important to that squad back then uh, in that championship run. But what think, about, uh, fellas, not to cut you off, JJ, but think about this. Um, Back then in 2016, 2015, Clay Thompson was, was considered one of the best two-way players, though, on both ends of the basketball right. court. So how much more credit should we kind of give Clay for that? Because Clay was actually doing it clearly on both ends of the basketball court. Draymond wasn't always identified as such. I think uh I don't think they would have won a title in 15. But when they did get Durant, they probably would have won just because Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and that team was just – it was pretty much unstoppable. I think they would have probably won those 17 and 18 titles. But mm-hmm. I don't think they would have won 15. 22, Thompson was kind of past his prime and still kind of injury. Uh, but I'm going to say they win those titles in 17 and 18, but don't win the title in 15 because he was the second-best player in 2015. So but you still had Iggy as a defender who was still he was still kind of somewhat in his last part of his prime. Yeah. But if they don't have like let, let's say they had Lafonso Ellis, or let's say they kept Anthony Murrow because of, originally it was supposed to be Steph Curry and Anthony Murrow was supposed to be the two shooters for um for Golden State uh before Anthony Murrow had gotten to his situation. But without Clay, 
I don't even think you're going to have a situation with Kevin Durant going to Golden State. Without Clay, they're not even going to be facing Cleveland in the championships. Like, I don't think none of that happens if there is no Clay Thompson. So you, they, I don't even think they'll get the opportunity to play in 2017 and 2018 with Kevin Durant. I don't think they will be attractive enough for KD to want to go there. I don't think that OKC would have blown a 3-1 lead to Golden State without Clay. That's a good point. I I forgot kind of forgot about that, but that's a great point that they probably won without Thompson. I mean, if you look at way back in 2017, if Durant doesn't sign with them and you don't have Clay Thompson, they probably lose to San Antonio. Of course, Kawhi got hurt as well. But, I mean, that's a good point. And, yes, OKC probably wouldn't have blown that lead in 2016. But, yeah, that's that's a great point. Definitely. And then um, you got you got to put Steve Kerr in that mix, too, because the style of basketball that attracted Kevin Durant over there was his system. He changed from that Princeton system that Mark Jackson was running and made a, uh, you know, the shoot that, you know, free-flowing shooting style that they do now. Who regrets this more, Hank? Golden State or Kevin Durant that they're still not together. Who regrets now? Who regrets it the most? I know Golden I State regret. won a championship after, but looking at the demise of the Warriors potentially and looking what KD has went through, who do you feel like regrets their separation the most today? I would say KD. He's not going to admit that, but his stops – have been terrible right now because everything keeps happening injuries and the virus all this type of stuff is you know only thing that cures it is a win this year but i don't think that's going to happen yeah i mean i'm gonna i would think durant would regret that just because golden state had the title in 22 and he hasn't won a title since um, i don't think he's even got to the conference finals yet i understand in 2021 if he if that ends up being a three instead of a two, maybe that's different. But I mean, he didn't win a title; hasn't won a title since, and Golden State has. I would think Durant would would regret it more. See, I feel like Golden State would re- regret this more because true, indeed, they won a championship without KD, but they are never going to get back to what they just had. And if they would have kept that they would have still been one of the most dominant organizations in the association right now. They would have still been in the mix clearly of everything great in the NBA. And it's like, it's, it's going to be so hard to damn near impossible for them to ever get that back again. And KD is solidified so much whereas though, whether he wins another title or not, his respect is already solidified. And I feel like just as, as an organization, loving and embracing how box office you were over the league at one point, you'll never ever get that feeling again because you allowed this to happen. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the best of seven sports talk guys. Episode one eighty six. JJ Peters, Hank seven Mitchell. We are locked in, man. We about to go into our next topic. I want to talk about which NBA teams should trade for these star players. I got a couple star players in the NBA who could be potentially shot before the trade deadline. I believe coming up, uh, what, February 8th or the 15th, Hank? Something around that time? Something around that time. 
Okay, so I got about three or four names I just want to throw out there and get your guys' opinions on which NBA teams you think for shot for these guys. We just brought up Clay Thompson. Um, I think things are kind of shaky, of course, in Golden State when we talk about him and his contract. Uh, so hypothetically, if, you know, he was to part ways with the Golden State Warriors, what NBA team, JJ, do you think fits well with um, maybe Clay Thompson? I think it'd be a, some type of young team looking to get a veteran. Okay. Um, if you look at all the teams in the NBA, of course, we just talked about it. I know they're not young, but the Lakers would love a type of shooter. I don't think the Warriors and Lakers would make that type of trade, though. Um, and this might be crazy, too, but what – I mean, Indiana just traded for Pascal Siakam. Could they also trade for Klay Thompson? Probably not, but it's something they could. I know they're still looking possibly to make a trade. Um Try to think Hill, of some other teams Swap as well. out Buddy Hill. I, I like I like that. I actually like that in Indiana. Swap out Buddy Hill for you don't like that, Hank? They need more defense. They got enough scoring. You don't think Clay they, they, up, that? they upgraded with Pascal, but I think they need maybe one more defender. They can shoot. They can score. I mean, if Clay Thompson was a little younger, they are not quite as just maybe even younger too. They could be possibly that'd be a good fit, but yeah, we know he he's not the same type of player he was. But I don't know. I just it would be interesting to see what he would do in Indiana. I mean, but that's really the two teams that jump out to me. I mean, I guess Minnesota's pretty young. They could maybe make some type like of that, but probably not. But those are just kind of some teams thrown out there. Could he help Big Wimby in San Antonio, Hank? Mm, I wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's like trading them to my Pistons. I mean, I I'd love to have them, but dog, that's miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think San Antonio right now they need to make a move for a point guard because if they could just get a guy to get, give it to Wimby and could make it maybe a few different shots or make it have nights where he has twenty or thirty points. But right. I think right now their biggest weakness is a point guard and just someone who can help a borderline All Star point guard that can help and give the ball to Wimby. You already see, you already see who made a uh, some comments to try to get there. Who? Trey Young. What about Trey Young? You know, uh, you know, I, I, we had this conversation, Hank, on my show maybe a week or two ago. But if I throw his name in the mix, what NBA team would you think should shot for Trey Young if available? Well, right now, like I just said, since he made those comments about Wendy being possibly the greatest player of all time. Maybe trade them to trade them San Antonio. Let's see what happens. They have a decent squad um, um, to grow. So that duo alone is nice. That duo alone is nice to, to build yeah. off of. I think he's going to throw the ball to experiment. He's going to throw the ball to him definitely. That'd be crazy. What about Donovan Mitchell? I think he's going to end up staying in Cleveland. But I mean, we did mention the Lakers. Uh, that'd be definitely an upgrade of what they have. I just don't know if they have the assets to make that move. Um, I mean, the team that has all those assets, and I don't know if they necessarily need them, but look at OKC. How many how many draft picks they have? And Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, that, that would be an interesting spot for him. I don't know if he'd want to stay in OKC, but that's kind of a thought. Him and SGA? Ooh. That'd be, that'd be bananas. Sick. That'd be a banana that, Would that be the best backcourt in the NBA? Be top three, probably easily top three above Luca and Kyrie. 
right now, I would say so. He might. Ooh, wow. Last name I got for y'all for this topic as far as NBA teams should trade for these guys. We talked about them earlier. Zach Levine. Um, I'm not sure if this thing is going to work in Chicago. So what NBA team really should be shopping for Zach Levine the most? This is tough because of how much money he makes. And they say Chicago really wants to get rid of him. Is this a $40 million a year contract? Mm-hmm. You know, with this new CBA, is tough. So people are very unsure of them. Um, of course, the rumors are the Lakers. That's the number one team. Uh, we talked about assets. Another team that has trade assets. They're waiting. Um, I don't know if they're going to trade for them. Is the, the New York Knicks. Um, and I don't know if they want to put that on their books or not. Maybe Philly. Philly's an interesting spot. Um, I mean, I've also heard rumors right now that New Orleans, they're not going to likely trade Zion, but they're frustrated with Zion right now. I don't think you could swap Zion for Levine, but that's just kind of a thought, I guess. But Philly definitely is very interesting, though, once you point that out. Yeah, give him more size, more shooting, another guy to um, kick the ball to. It'll be a three, uh, especially if they keep – Keep uh, what's his name, Maxi? They have a threat. Yeah. Hood TMZ says, "How do us? How do we feel about the potential of Lamelo Ball?" This is a million dollar question, um, bro. Because I've always felt like, as far as production, he was the best out of all the brothers. But I also felt like he is a situational type of greatness. Like, you can't just plug LaMelo anyway and think that he's going to really change life. I think if the situation is right, he'll be very successful on a very high level. I don't think Charlotte is the right destination for him. And I'm not sure if he's a number one right now as far as being a lead. I, I just think he's just not there yet. He definitely has the upside. But, you know, it's, he's still got a lot to work on. And, and honestly, if he was healthy, I would rather have Lonzo than LaMelo right now. I mm. feel more comfortable with his decision-making than the uh, indecisiveness of young LaMelo Ball. I like him, but I don't love him. I think LaMelo can be times be inconsistent. And I don't know if he necessarily likes Charlotte. He probably wants to be in a big market. Uh, but Charlotte does have some pieces they can move on from and see if they can pair him with another either all-star or borderline all-star. Right. But he's just – I mean, the, there's also questions about his health. He has been injured the last few years, and that's been a problem. But, I mean, if they try to pair someone with them, they do have the assets. They have ter- or they have some assets. They have Terry Rozier. You got some guys there. But I don't know if Charlotte's going to want to trade him because that's really all they have there. So – the young guy that just got Brandon Miller. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. Um, I think that LaMelo has a very high ceiling. Um, I think Golden State wish they would have drafted him instead of Wiseman. Him being around an organization like that may have helped his development even further. And and that's and that's where I'm looking at, bro, when I'm talking about situational. Like if he was in Golden State, even today, 
he would be he would be way in a better position, I think, to be more successful than than right now. I just don't think he's ready to carry a team like Charlotte, and I don't think they really have enough. It's going to be a lot more growing pains, and I think that he has the arsenal that if he was put in a decent place, we could see even better. So you know, I'm still up on him, but I'm not like sold on on um on him like that. To be honest with you. Couple more topics before we get up out of here this afternoon. We got the NFL playoffs uh going down later on today. Hopefully, my Ravens. I'm I'm concerned. I'm not even gonna sit up here and lie to y'all. I am very worried about my Ravens this afternoon as we host the Texans. Um uh JJ, I know you cover pretty much all sports. What's your thoughts on this upcoming NFL playoff weekend? Well, I hope the Ravens win. I shouldn't be that biased, but I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I am concerned right now with how good Houston looked last week. And the Ravens haven't played in like two weeks because they've rested all their starters. And that's what happened four years ago when they played against the Titans and lost. Um, I do think the Ravens will win because it's a different type of offense. It's a different team. He has more weapons. I know Andrews isn't playing. Uh, But I do think the Ravens get the win. I think the night game... Um, between the Niners and Packers, I think the Niners win. The Packers play well, but I think at the end of the day, the Niners are just the better team. I do have the Chiefs upsetting the Bills, and I think the Bucks end up beating the Lions, but that's kind of my thoughts on this week's of, of football action. Could Baker Mayfield go to the Super Bowl? Could y'all literally see that? <laughs> How insane would that be? Be crazy. If hit versus him and like maybe the Bucks and Ravens. That'd be another crazy Super Bowl. Superseding Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. That's like when Trent Dilfer went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> no one thought that. <laughs> My God. I mean, he still has some weapons. I mean, the thing about the Buccaneers is they gave him some we- – or they kept all the weapons that – gave him all the weapons that Tom Brady had. He still has Mike Evans, has Chris Godwin, has some good tight ends, has a good running back. That defense, that edge rush especially was good on Monday night. I think that's kind of a thing too. And I think Mayfield's a free agent. So the bucks are going to have to figure out what to give him. but uh, it's definitely had a good season. Definitely up for comeback player of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Cole in the building. What's up young brother. Hey, how y'all doing? What's going on. Man, you already know, man. Appreciate you joining us this afternoon. Got a couple topics before we get up out of here. I, I, matter of fact, this next topic, we want to have a little bit of fun with this since we talking about the NFL I'm going to throw a couple comparisons out there. Which of these NBA players would be better in the NFL? Let's do this real quick, man. Let's start with LeBron or Zion. Hank, who would be better in the NFL, LeBron James or Zion Williamson? Zion, because he likes to stay big. He likes to stay big. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool, cool. You got Zion. What about you, JJ? Would Would you say Zion or LeBron would be better in the NFL? I think LeBron would be better. Um, and he did play football in high school. He'd be, yeah, he I mean, imagine a six foot eight, 260 pound tight end. That'd be impossible to stop him. Just throw it up mm-hmm. to him every time. He'd basically be a bigger version of Calvin Johnson. <laughs> That'd be, he'd be a game wrecker for sure. Yo, Cole, which of these NBA players would be better in the NFL? Draymond Green or Kawhi Leonard? Um, I'll go with Draymond Kawhi, probably get injured. 
I like that. What about you, Hank? Draymond or Kawhi? I'm going to go with Kawhi because there's footage of Draymond playing at Michigan State. He suited up, um, and he didn't look good at all. What position could you see Kawhi playing? Defense, offense? Like, what would he, what would he play? He like 6'8", right? Mm-hmm. Linebacker? Line, mm-hmm. Probably linebacker. I mean, six foot eight wide receiver would be pretty hard. Yeah, pretty true. hard to stop. He'd be like Calvin Johnson. Yeah, exactly. I could kind of see him. This might be crazy too, but maybe. I know this isn't really a position. Or not necessarily, but be a good running back, I think. Imagine a six foot eight running back. Kawhi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kawhi look like some Bo Jackson out there. Yeah, Kawhi could probably get popping. I like that. I like that. He'll probably get turf toe. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna throw these two names out there. Now, this is a pretty weird one when we talk about NBA, NFL. But I'm looking from a maybe from a quarterback perspective, a, a field vision perspective. Which of these NBA players will be better than the NFL from that angle, Hank? CP3 or Luka Doncic? You say NFL? Yes. Out of those two, Chris Paul or Luca? If we're looking from a from a vision, from a maybe a quarterback lens. Mm, dang, I like it. I'm gonna go with CP3. CP3? Oh, my guy. He'd be a Doug Flutie. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Cole? Um, I'm gonna go with CP3. He uh Prime CP could actually move in the pocket. Luca would just be like another like tall pocket passer, like okay. Joe Flacco. Last but not least, Pat Bev or Nikola Jokic? JJ, I'm going to start off with you. I'm looking at Pat Bev as being a dog. I'm looking at I'm looking at Joker maybe being like a, a Gronkowski, something that, of that magnitude. Which one of those NBA players would be better than the NFL? That'll sound kind of crazy, but I don't know if Jokic would be as good. As Gronk? I'll have to say Patrick Beverly just because I think he would – I don't know. It just seems like Patrick Beverly would be a better fit in football than than Jokic. I don't know. Jokic <laughs> doesn't seem like he would fit very well. Uh, I like. It'd be that. hard to stop a seven foot tight end or a wide receiver. Oh man, center. That's what he'd be. Center. No, he would just push your line, your old lineman. Okay, he would just <laughs> lean on him. What about you, Hank? Pat Bev or Nikola Jokic? Pat Bev as a. Uh... As a safety or a running back. The trash talk, relentless, relentless. He would have to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Pat Bev would be perfect for the Cowboys. What about you, Cole, between those two? Jokic or Pat Bev? Uh, I'm going to go Pat Bev. He will have the most PIs in the league, though. Okay. Hmm. Sensation in the building. Salute the sensation. One more topic, boys and girls, before we get up out of here at the best of seven. Make sure y'all check out my brother JJ Peters at Sports Town, as well as my brother Hank at Sports Game Vision. I'll let them let you guys know where to follow them at on social media, as well as my brother Cole, before we end the show. But we do have one more topic I want to discuss with um, you, as especially uh, JJ, because I know me and the fellas have talked about this this week. But Josh Giddy. Um, according to authorities, they are not going to be opening any investigation on him. However, 
it looks like the NBA is moving to a different beat of a different drum. And an open investigation should or could be happening very soon in regards to Josh Giddy. What do you think the end game, JJ, is going to be for Josh? Do you see him getting in trouble for the from the NBA as far as a code of conduct violation? How do you think this thing is going to play out? Well, the thing with Josh Giddy is I was looking up this recently and he hasn't missed any games, which I thought was kind of different. I thought he might miss some games just because of all that was happening. Um, I would not be surprised if the NBA just suspended him for a bit just to make it look better. And I understand that he's not. I know they're going to close out the investigation, but I think the NBA is probably going to end up suspending him. I was just surprised that he didn't miss any action. I thought he might miss a few games, but I think it's probably best for the NBA just to suspend him for a bit. And uh, just, it, it wouldn't look good if he didn't get suspended, in my opinion. Now, I don't know who was saying it. Someone was saying to me that if they was just to suspend him, he's going to sue the league. And I'm trying to figure out how would that work when John yeah. Morant didn't have that leg to stand on. Because the authority said that he didn't commit any crime, but, you know, the NBA and them still opted to suspend him. So I'm just wondering, like, how would Josh Giddy have any type of uh, leeway to sue the league? If it's a code of conduct violation, it is what it is, regardless. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard much of that, but I would – I don't know why he – I don't think that would be a good idea for him because it's just a bad look. Or First of all, it's a really bad look. And, I mean, he can end up – I mean, after OKC, he could probably just be – no team would want to sign him then after he tried to sue him. Yep, so. yep, 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 yep. He could definitely be violating his whole potential of a career. Uh, if you want to call it that, what about you, Hank? How does this play out for Josh Giddy, at least in the short term? He's got to play the game. You know, a lot of stuff has been happening behind the scenes. Whatever he's doing with Adam Silver, Joe Dumars, and all the rest of the people in the offices, because this information didn't hit us for six months to a year. You know, they've already known about this organization in the NBA. So they've been doing things behind the scenes to kind of dust things under the rug. And, um, He's got to play the game. Whatever they want from him, he has to abide by it in order to stay in the league. And if he if he does the lawsuit, he'll be just like Kaepernick. He'll get the pay, but he will not be in the league anymore. Are you happy with the way the league is handling this situation, Hank? Or do you feel like, I mean, I guess when you always look in hindsight at things, you can always say people could do more. But are you satisfied with the way the league is currently handling this Josh Giddy situation? I don't personally. Like JJ was saying, I, I would like to have seen them do some type of suspension or anything. There's so much information on socials that we've seen. He looks pretty guilty, you know what I mean? But um, they're trying to protect the brand, uh, just like the NFL does. They protect the shield, and they know this can hurt their international market, especially he's an international player, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Um, they want to protect that brand internationally because they want to grow more and more. Silver's talking about putting Vancouver back in New Mexico, whatever teams over there. He wants to build this league more internationally, starting from what Stern did. Now, Cole, you were the one that kind of broke this thing down to me as far as the updates earlier this week. So before we get up out of here, what's your reaction? Like, how do you think this thing is going to end, at least in the short term, when we talk about this thing between the NBA uh, and Josh Giddy head to head. Uh, I think he gets off with like minimal consequences. 
Um, the NBA seems to be following like the legality route, even though in recent years they've been talking about more of morality and like how bad it will look for the brand. Um, but it's just it's just kind of shocking that he's getting off on this because we always talk about how they want to they always want to hold this sort of level of accountability for uh for the market but it looks really bad when you're trying to you're trying to influence the game on kids around the world but there're going to be certain parents that don't even feel comfortable having their kids around players now and i get the angle hank was taking about the league and the associations trying to protect the shield and protect the brand but how much of a damn asset is josh giddy to the nba right now i could see if they was doing this for somebody of real substance if they were in that type of situation but who is josh giddy for the nba to even be sticking their neck out like this you understand what i'm saying like i don't even feel like he's more of an asset than the liability at this at this point of his career why would the nba be even chance in playing this type of game of biasness when it comes to this guy, especially when we have an immediate history of how they treated Kyrie Irving and John Morant. And I'm not trying to make this a racial thing, but just situations have happened back to back to back. And clearly the results short-term and long-term has been handled indifferent by the league. Well, I feel that him, like his name being attached to SGA's got more to do with it than his actual like production on the court. Because mm. if, we're, if we're just looking at him as a player, he doesn't like have that pool. But I feel like the people around him, like Lou Dort being from Canada, SGA being from Canada, that probably has more to do with it. And this team is growing to be a fan favorite, more of a household favorite, a team that the NBA, they're, they're doing their job. So yeah, I think that is definitely part of the, uh, equation that that makes sense on why not to mention sevens it could be something darker behind layers behind that they're trying to cover up like what they did with the referees they they went ahead and got rid of my man quickly because they knew that rabbit hole would be deeper if they didn't do it so you 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 have a, a level of concern that maybe the nba knows about some things that they didn't handle right and trying to keep behind the scenes as well like the nba Poss- could be responsible Poss- for some foul play possibly could be doing that but but i think the main thing is the international name that they don't want to stain the international relationships they don't want to sour unbelievable unbelievable well fellas episode 186 is officially in the books i thank you guys so much for joining me here at the best of seven JJ, let everybody know, man, where they can follow you at on social media, what you got going on, and and all that other good stuff. Yeah, you can find me pretty much wherever you get social media, like Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever it's called. Um, you can get me on Facebook if any of you guys are on there. TikTok is where I'm very active. Um, so Instagram, it's at Sportstown underscore network, just like Facebook. Um, TikTok, I believe it's also under the same. And then uh, Twitter, X, it's under Sportstown or at Sportstown net. And then also I do have merch at sportstownnetwork.com. You can get like hats, shirts, stuff like that. Um, that's where you can find me. And uh, I try to post content almost every day, not every day. Um, I also write blogs as well. So uh, you want to just go check it out. No doubt, man. Shout out to my brother, JJ Peters from Sports Town. Hank, let everybody know, bro, real quick where they can catch you at. 
Definitely about all the social platforms that I can get attached to right now, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. I'm under SGV Talks, but everywhere else is Sports Game Vision. And um, dropping a video every Monday and a live show every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So check out for other posts frequently as well. No doubt. Shout out to my brother Hank with Sports Game Vision and my brother Cole, who just dropped a bomb on the Lakers in that nasty work we seen last night. I see my man Cole doing his thing as well. Cole, let everybody know where they can follow you at, gang. You can find me on Twitter at 2C6LD. And you can find me on uh, on YouTube at C6LD. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at 2 underscore C6LD. Y'all already know, man. Well, again, I appreciate you guys. A shout out again to the NBA community. Y'all already know how we do here every week here at the Best of Seven Sports Talk. I am your host, Seven Mitchell. Y'all can follow me everywhere on social media as well. Hope you guys stay safe. It's nasty. It's cold. It's snowing a lot of areas out here. So if you guys are in bad weather, hope everybody stays safe. Have a great week. And I'll catch you all next week here on the Best of Seven Sports Talk. Y'all make sure y'all follow my family. And we're going to be rocking out for you guys for the rest of this season and beyond. Y'all be good. I'm Seven Mitchell again with the best of seven. And we are out. Signing off. Peace. Peace. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you all, fellas, man. Class. This episode of the Best of Seven Sports Talk is sponsored by the Reflection Connection. For all your natural health care products, go to the Reflection Connection. That's connection with a K. All right, NBA fans. Enjoy the show. All right, man. I want to thank you guys for listening into another episode of the Best of Seven Sports Talk. I'm Seven Mitchell, man. Make sure you follow the show to be sure to be notified about the next episode. Also, I'll put the link tree link in the description so you can follow us on social media as well as donate and contribute to our platform. See you guys again on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>